In the name of God, who by the word and through the spirit creates, redeems, and sanctifies. Amen. Well, good morning, St. Paul's. It is so great to be back. And if you are a visitor today, then you're, you're saying, what's going on? I don't see her name anywhere. Well, it might be somewhere on the bulletin. It is on the bulletin. So, if you're a visitor, you have the luck or the disluck to have fallen in this place at the time. It's time for the bishop to come by and be long-winded on the sermon and then do confirmation. You are so lucky today. But I'm the one that's blessed to be back at St. Paul's because I, um, there is a special joy in this place. There is a special joy in looking out and seeing faces that I recognize and I know and I love. Right here. Right there. And then also knowing that since the last time I was here, which was Easter, wow, that year went fast, I mean a year, a year ago, that there are new people here that are new coming into this place, and there will be people received and confirmed today that have said for at least this season, God has planted me in this part of the vineyard, and I am seeing a growth in my life, which is what those who will be received and confirmed, I'm seeing a growth that I'm ready to share with others, with this community and with the world. I love this time of season, uh, a lot of it because it's all about gardening, and then the gospel lessons kind of get into the whole gardening metaphor, and I love that. Uh, at my house in Durham, there's a vacant field next to our house that, that we uh, can't be developed because there's these high-tension wires over it. For years, for years and years, we bought it from the power company. It was the neighborhood lacrosse field. It was the neighborhood soccer field. It was the neighborhood, you have a party, it's on that lot at the corner of Green Street and Watts. But I always wondered, gosh, wouldn't it be cool if I, ha, 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 my husband laughed, ha, 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 if I gardened in the lot. If I, Because I had done some gardens in the backyard and they've never, ever gone well. So imagine my joy and delight when three young Presbyterian ministers come along, all in their early 40s with young families, and they tell me that they are church planters, and their way of planting a new church is by starting something called Farm Church. I'm like, right, Farm Church. That sounds like a gimmick if there ever was one. Tell me more, says the, the lady of the manor with a field that they want to use. Tell me more, my Presbyterian serfs, about what you want to do with the land that I own. And in fact, for the last three years, these young men and their spouses and their children who sold everything to move to Durham, a very foodie area, live in community. For the last three years, they've been bringing people into this urban farm and into the church, people who maybe didn't want to come sit in pews on Sunday morning, but maybe who thought they could learn something about God and the kingdom of God by planting, by working, by toiling in the soil, by working on the soil, and then seeing what might come up. What might God make out of the toil and the labor of their work? Well, what I see as I see this beautiful garden coming up, is um, the great joy of anticipation when you get to a garden. I am anticipating salsa. (laughs) 
That's what I'm getting. And I'm anticipating tomato sandwiches, right? In August, maybe July. I'm anticipating, and there's a certain joy in that anticipation, isn't there? Jesus in the parables this morning is trying to get us ready for the kingdom of God. And an element of discipleship is anticipation, right? An element of discipleship is walking in faith for that tomato that we cannot yet see, right? Walking by faith. The power of the parable is to tell a story, short but vivid, that casts a light on a much larger story. Jesus has to prepare his people, prepare the ground of our being to receive the kingdom of heaven. And let me tell you, gardening is disruptive, right? You can't plant a garden if you're not going to dig around, chop up that earth, till it, add a little compost if you follow my metaphor, because God will work with that. But it's disruptive, it's disruptive. Remember what the, uh, the gospel says, the kingdom of God, as if someone came and scattered seed on the ground and then would sleep and rise day and night and the seed would sprout and grow, though the someone does not know how. Jesus tries to prepare his disciples for this exhilarating and difficult work ahead. We can participate, we can toil, we can enjoy, but we're not in control. We're not in control. God is. And then there's this next parable, the story of the mustard seed. Such prodigious and really quite surprising growth. I'm sure, did you all in Sunday school or will you put the little T90 seeds in people's hands, in the children's hands, and like this huge bush. What a great, I love that that parable is matched with the reading, right, the first reading. Who is the future mighty, great king of Israel? Not this boy, not this boy, not this boy, not this boy. The smallest, the smallest will become the greatest. If we take our most fundamental prayer, the Lord's Prayer, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, what is it? that Jesus is trying to get us ready for? What seed is Jesus trying to plant in us? What life is Jesus saying will be called forth in us? Well, the problem is Jesus was calling forth a kingdom that Israel was not expecting, right? Jesus was planting seeds of the gospel, seeds of new life, but it was not the garden that the people of Israel had thought they had bought into. Because they've not yet heard of the cross and the resurrection. Before the cross and the resurrection and the sending of the Holy Spirit, the disciples couldn't imagine that they would have the kind of growth in faith, in hope, and in love that would give them the conviction and the courage to risk in their own lives arrest and death all for the sake all for the sake of proclaiming release to the captives, sight to the blind, and radical welcome to all. This is the kingdom of heaven, a liberty that sets us free to know that whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord, and that good news sets us free. 
It's not in the all that much distant past that there was a time when followers of Jesus could believe that slavery was something sanctioned by the God and commended by the Holy Bible, right? And there was a time when slave owners quoted St. Paul in Romans 13 to justify the enslavement of their own brothers and sisters as the way to obey the law of the land. There was a time, not such a distant time, when Christians could quote from the Bible as it's being acceptable to separate their children from their parents as one or the other is sold down the river. Jesus then and now has to get our attention away, just as Jesus did back in his day, from the religious business as usual, the comfortable and consoling practices of our faith and be continually reminded that the kingdom of heaven, just like the soil every spring, must turn our lives upside down so that the inside truth of God's dream for the world can be revealed and new life can come forward. What Jesus is trying to prepare his disciples for then and now is this, that the way of the cross is the way that leads to life. And that the resurrection of Jesus is the first fruit, the beginning of a harvest of a new way of being in the world. And that when we are caught up in the power of the Holy Spirit, this new way of being comes together in seeking justice and mercy. Justice and compassion. Jesus is calling us over the tumult. I wonder how we'll answer. Farm Church is in its third year. I have to tell you, the first two years didn't go so well. Did not go so well. The soil was terrible. Terrible. I could have told them that. And so they spent a year starting over in the vineyard and enriching the soil and understanding that there's a season where maybe there's not a lot of outward growth but there's a lot of inward preparation. They spent a season working on it. And also, in the second year of these three little families who sold all their worldly goods to live in common, all these children and uh, the fathers, the mothers, in the second year, one of the farmer Presbyterian ministers, preachers, Ben, was diagnosed with stage four lung cancer. Father of three. And though we, believe, we know, let's be clear, God does not send cancer. God does not send disease or illness. But what we know is God works through all things to accomplish good. And so now what Ben and his family are seeing is an abundant, abundant harvest of compassion and love. And community, what's been planted in Farm Church has blossomed into a beloved community that is taking care of that family now and will take care of that family through all the days, the trials, the joys to come. Ben and Farm Church and the rest of us in that community walk by faith, not by sight, day by day.
St. Paul's, you are part of this vineyard. You are the ground that receives all kinds of seeds, whether it's those children that just walked out to Sunday school or the oldest newcomer ever to walk through this door. That's a new seed of faith and hope and love, ready to be nourished by the ground that you are helping to prepare. Think of all the folks from this parish who have taken the great growth. And, I, you know, numerical growth is nice. By the way, that's not what it's about. It's our growth in faith. It's our growth in service. It's our growth in the Lord. Think of all the seeds that have been planted and the fruit that has gone out from this parish to Newton Grove, to Tennessee for Appalachian Service Project, right? That's where you guys are headed next. Think of all the growth and all the fruit and all the blessings blessed by this sacred ground that has moved on to bless other parts of the vineyard. I wonder, I wonder what the next season will bring. Because if you're a good farmer, you don't just think about the harvest of this summer. You think about it, what you're doing to get ready for the next season and the next season and all the seasons to come. I enjoy this anticipation of looking to see what's to come next for St. Paul's. I enjoy being a part of that. And I want to remind you, however, that whatever the benchmarks may be, parochial reports, financial statements, all those notches that we like to put on our belt, we are not called to accomplish anything. We are merely called to be faithful to God, love our neighbor, and serve one another with all the compassion we can find. It's not up to us to bring about the kingdom of heaven. That's already been done. We're just invited into the garden to gather the blessings, to replant the seeds, to watch and behold what comes to fruition in our lives and the lives of others. Ultimately, God will bring everything in the garden to its intended fruition. All God's children will be brought to the table. All God's children. And the heavenly banquet, which we taste of here, will one day be revealed to us in its fullness. It is God who brings forth the growth, the fruit, not us. And God in Christ, by the Holy Spirit, has already given us the victory garden. And therefore, our own successes and failures are secondary. All we need to do is tend the garden, rise night and day, and step back and wonder at the growth, the beauty, the fruit, and the invitation to come eat at the Lord's table. Amen.